Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast, Season 2. I'm your forever coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and we are all here weekly to share the ups, downs, and all-arounds of the wild world of parenting. A safe space, a Lego-free space, to vent, to inspire, and well, perhaps this is the only adult conversation you hear all day. What is Adia doing? A, B, C, D. <laughs> is that funny? So each week, I will be joined by a fellow striving, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We learn together. We grow together. Hell, we cheers with an adult bevy when necessary. I get it. I am human and failures simply happen. I am not shiny and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am at its best. Even when the dishes aren't done, there's crayon on the wall, and well, my hair hasn't been washed in forever. I am Busy Mumsy. Hi friends, Ash here, and you are getting an extra bonus Busy Mumsy chat this week. And it is all about a full house. That is right. I am welcoming on my dear Holly Adams and her eldest son, Ashton. And this is quite exciting as I've known Holly for decades, like well before AOL dial up and when perms were an actual thing. Holly was born and raised in Wheeling, West Virginia, and she met her high school sweetheart, Chad Adams. They went to university, mega in love. They married and now they have built a family empire, six children. And this is where Ashton obviously comes in because Ashton is actually the eldest of the six. And I messaged Holly recently and I was like, I just, I need to share your story. I need to share your story. And also like from the, the kids perspective of like, how do they delegate, navigate, handle the ups, the downs, the all arounds of a household that literally I can't even imagine what breakfast time is like. So as I ramble on, I'm really excited to welcome them onto the show. So here we go, your bonus episode of the Busy Mumsy podcast with Holly Adams and her son, Ashton Adams. Holly Adams, welcome to the Busy Mumsy podcast. And you, we have a special guest. This is a first. This is like not only first for Holly to be on the podcast, but we've got her oldest son, Ashton, on the podcast today. So welcome to you both. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. This is exciting for us. Oh, it's, it's an absolute pleasure because for the listener, and I've already touched on this in the intro, uh, Holly and I go back. We go like way, way shuffle back to West Virginia. And we're not talking like just high school. We're talking like in the late 80s. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Ashley, you I were probably like 88, 89. Yeah, I mean, you were probably like six years old when I met yeah. you. Oh yeah, we go way back. I mean, Ashton, I know that went right over your head. You're like, I, the, the '80s don't exist in my world, but you know, yeah. it just is what it is. But I have to, I, I have to say that um, you know, it's so important to keep in touch with friends and family, and you, you can be as busy as you can possibly be, right? But staying in touch and the beauty of social media has allowed us now, right? Like yeah. you know, over the years, especially over the past, like what, seven, eight years, especially with Instagram booming like it is and um, all the other social outlets, we really have been able to reconnect and, uh, you know, stay in touch and stay on top of what's going on in each other's lives, which I'm very thankful for. I, I think that, 
you know, you can travel the world, but, you know, you can still take time to stay in touch and, you know, check in on those people that matter, right? Yes. And I, I do think, like you said, it's great that we can keep up on social media, but making the effort to see people in real life is also important. Like when you came to Wheeling and we got a chance to see you and when we were coming to London and we thought we might get to see you, yeah. we, Surprise. we <laughs> even if you just take those, those five, 10 minutes to give somebody a hug and say hello and reconnect, it's just so important. And we're teaching the kids that as well, because they've had a lot of friends who are international kids that went to school with them. And, you know, Hey, if you're ever near them, really make that effort to uh, see them in person and have a quick visit. And, and so I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, it also just, even with like the recent events of, um, you know, the world losing Twitch, you oh, know, Stephen yeah. Boston, you know, I, 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 I didn't know him. Did, did you know him? But I felt like I lost my best friend. I, I know. I mean, we felt like we knew him too. I didn't know him personally. My girls had done tons of his dance classes just online, um, just watching him on TV. It was just, um, I just think it was so out of left field. Nobody saw that coming. And it's just a good wake up call for all of us to, to check really in. Reach out. Yeah. And check in. It's so, so important. Well, again, thank you both for spending time with me, as I know you both are very busy and you are currently traveling for a, am I right in saying you, you've got a soccer game, football yes. match, something's yep. going on this? Okay. Yep. All right. Well, I, I know that you have to mentally prepare for this, Ashton, but, but I have to ask, you are the eldest, you've got six kids, Holly, six children. Yowzas. That I birthed all of them. They're all mine. <laughs> People ask me all the time, you gave birth to all of them? Yes, I did. Yes, yes, you did. And I, I have to ask you first, Ashton, as the eldest, did that just make you grow up like instantly? Or did you find yourself with, with, with the new one coming into the household every other year or so? Were you kind of like then reliving going back to like those early, early years? Or for you, was it just like, oh my gosh, I got to man up. Oh my gosh, I got to man up. I got to, now I got to do this. Now I got to do that. What was the pressure like for you as the oldest sibling? Yeah, for sure. I would say I definitely had to grow up faster because, you know, I was the first one for a short amount of time. And I kind of only had my parents for a short amount of time when I was younger. But um, I feel like I've really taken the role of my siblings sometimes call me the third parent because, oh. I, yes, because I sometimes have to help out so much, like if we're going on a trip especially overseas with mm -hmm. all the luggage. And then, you know, my little brother's misbehaving and I always try to tell them, you know, don't do that. And then they'll say, you're not my parent. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, nice. That helps. Well, Holly, did, did you and Chad like sit down with Ashton and say like, this is like, we want you to like hold the reins here. We want you to step up here. Like, was there something from the parenting side that you felt you needed to do? Or did you just let Ashton kind of like go forth and figure out his big brother role? Yeah, he just always kind of naturally did and was helpful. And he never complains about anything. He's just always willing to help. Um, I, I think there's a video when we told him we were pregnant with the sixth that he said, Ugh, this is going to mean more work for me. <laughs> um, and it's true. I mean, he 
he does, especially when we're traveling. It, a lot falls on Ashton with uh, helping with the luggage and keeping everybody kind of, uh, you know, in track. And so he doesn't get to be just a kid or a teenager like a lot of teens do who are just traveling with their parents and don't have younger siblings. Um, Ashton tends to get very stressed. Um, I think he's ready to go to college. I think he's like ready for a break from the chaos and um, you know, the ones Ashton is a rule follower through and through his younger brothers are not. And, um, that frustrates him. Sometimes he gets frustrated with the ones that are griping and complaining because he never complains. Uh, if we say Ashton, you know what, this hotel room doesn't have an extra bed. You're going to have to sleep on the floor. It's okay. I mean, he doesn't even flinch. He's a great kid. And how are you navigating, Ashton, your sisters? How does that work for you? Is, it, is this like another kind of like, oh, another alleyway of like, I'm very protective. Those boys better stay away. Like, how does this work for you? I see the head nodding. Now you got to tell us. <laughs> yeah. So um, my little brothers are one thing, but my sisters are a whole new thing because the whole boy thing, like you said, is something that thankfully I haven't really had to keep an eye on yet, but you know, it's starting to get to that point. So his, his 11 year old sister is the biggest problem. The 15 year old yeah. and the 13 year old we haven't had to deal with, but we're like beating boys off with the 11 year old. She just, she like casts a spell on these boys. I don't know what's going on, but yeah. Oh my goodness. Holly, I, I, I just have to ask baby number seven, is it, if, are, are you just like, yeah, why not? Ashton's going to be going to college soon before you know it. So why not? Let's keep the, let's keep a full house. No, you know, as I could have kept going forever, Ashley, I feel like newborns are addictive. I love, love, love babies. And I always will. Uh, but what it came down to for me was that this one was quickly like, the sand of time we're running out with him in terms of spending time with him. And the more that we had the little ones that took away from time, like this time for us to be away this weekend is a rare thing. A lot of times Chad is the one that has to take him and I don't get to, I'm the one that stays behind. And so I just really didn't want to miss out on any more time with him. And I also, uh, I, I, like I said, right now I feel fine. I could have another baby physically right now. I feel great, but I think about, oh my gosh, how old am I going to be when that child is 18? And, um, I so we that. Just got to the point that I we decided that. that we, we had, we had maxed out. And so, uh, we took matters into our own hands and, and that ship has officially sailed. Chad went and had his vasectomy. So, Unfortunately, baby number seven is not going to happen. So, well, I, and, I, and I know that you've been been open about the vasectomy and, and Chad and everything, but I, I do. I have to share this. When when I met Chad for the first time in the matter of three minutes, Holly was like, "Don't worry, we've are, he's already been snipped. This is done. This is over." It is. It is. My I mean, mom, actually, my, my mother. Mama Yater still talks about that moment. I'm not oh, going to lie. Gosh, I love your mom. I love Jesus. her. That was hilarious. Yet so just authentically real of like, you know what? You have this glorious, amazing household and you are ruling the roost. And uh, you know what? You said, you know, now we're going to watch them flourish. And then you could, then you, you know what? Believe it or not, Holly, you and Chad are actually going to have time together someday soon. 
yeah. And we won't know what to do with ourselves. It will be quiet and that will be hard. You know, we say, people ask us, what is it like having six kids? And I always just say, imagine the opening scene of Home Alone when they wake <laughs> up late for the airport and it's just complete chaos. That is our house every morning. So it was kind of ironic that we decided to take all six kids on a trip to Paris at Christmas. It was like a big joke because, you know, we kept thinking we were going to leave Bo home alone. You know, of course, that that wouldn't be the same concept because now kids would just text, hey, you forgot me. And you would just turn around and go back. So that is true. I, I will have to share with you that my husband was on his way to the airport and got to the airport as he was en route back to London and was going through check-in and he handed the passport over and they looked at him and they said, sir, I'm really sorry, but we can't let you on this flight. And he was like, what are you, what are you talking about? The flight is like in 45 minutes. Like we like, come on, like I'm going through, um, you, you are not this person. And they handed the passport back to Ricky and it was Adia. He literally grabbed her passport instead of his own. And he had to stay here an extra day because there was no way of getting that passport to him. And that was one person I can't even imagine navigating the household that you have and what breakfast is like, I am sure, is flipped upside down and just absolute bedlam. Yes. I, I, I just, I, I can't imagine. Who, who though in the household kind of like dominates certain times, like on, like on a Saturday morning, like who is kind of like in charge of that breakfast room? Well, that would be Chad. He loves to cook. So thank God. I mean, people ask me all the time, how do you have six kids? Oh my gosh, you're a saint. No, Chad is the saint. Like if I didn't have him, um, I had a friend tell me years ago when I was pregnant with number four and she was pregnant with number three and she talked about how she wanted to have so many kids. And I said, oh gosh, this is probably it for us. And I said, if I had your money, I would keep going. And she said, if I had your husband, I would keep going because Chad is so incredibly helpful. Um, he's such a hands-on dad. He's been a wonderful example for Ashton. I think that's part of the reason that Ashton just naturally steps up and knows this is what I'm supposed to do and doesn't complain. Um, so yeah, Chad's in charge of the breakfast, but uh, Bo, a lot of times likes to play restaurant. He is a very strong personality in the house. Um, Savannah is a very strong personality in the house and you know, what she wants a lot of times wins out because it keeps everybody happy. <laughs> wow. Pick your battles. Yes. Pick your battles. Yes. Ashton's like, yes, yes. Ashton I just is very go with the flow is, oh, Hey, that's great. Like a lot of times he'll smell bacon and he'll wake up and come down because he smelled the bacon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, Chad, oh. Chad is literally the man that brings home the bacon and fries it up too. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that you also support each other so much. And I think that a lot of households don't really, they have a hard time with that. They have, they have a, a hard time. They, they struggle with that. And um, I mean, I, I instantly think back to growing up with my brother and we went through like a four-year per period of like, I, you know, if he was locked in the closet, I wasn't going to get him out. Like the, if he was locked in the trunk of a car, sorry, mate, good luck. You'll figure it out. Like we were kind of like that relationship. And to think where we are now, like I can't imagine going a day without speaking to him, connecting with him. 
Um, he's a priority. Like we make each other a priority every year. We have to see each other at least once or twice a year because we both do not live in the same state, country, continent. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> right. So, you know, you, you have to you, you have to do those things. Where, where I'm going with this, my goodness, it's been a very long day. My daughter is sick, is how do you prioritize and make everyone in the house feel like a priority so that no one gets kind of like jealous of the other or have that civil, like, you know, that sibling rival, like rivalry, like how does that work for you, Holly? And then I also want to hear from Ashton, his side, because I'll tell you what, it was my, my, my parents, I feel like they just kind of like put their hands up and went, nope, nope, we're not getting involved. And in a way it worked it, in the way that they parented, it worked for me and my brother because where we are now is wonderful, but it doesn't always work that way. Right. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's a balance because like I feel guilty that I'm here with Ashton and I'm not with the other kids. However, I have to let that go because I realize how many times Ashton's without me and you know, he doesn't complain. It's it is a delicate balance and honestly, Ashley, it would be great if Chad and I had more time to plan things out and be more strategic, but especially with the recent move that we had where we moved 700 miles from West Virginia to South Carolina, it has been fly by the seat of our pants, survival mode, but we kind of feel like we've been in survival mode for years. And so there's not a whole lot of time to plan out, but we'll have a conversation. We'll get to the week of travel. Like we were coming back from Paris last week and Chad was like, someone has to take Ashton to Atlanta next weekend. And we didn't even know probably until Thursday which one of us it was going to be. Uh, we booked the flights the night before. It was, it, it's just, we just try to make time. And that might mean that, you know, Ava came, comes home from school and I feel like, you know what? I really haven't had a chance to connect with Ava for a while. I'm going to be the one that drives her 20 minutes to practice. And I'm going to get those 20 minutes in the car with her and kind of hear about her day and what's going on with her. Um, I just try to make time for each one, at least a few minutes. There are nights where I could just totally fall asleep and I'm exhausted, but I pull myself out of bed to go out and hang out with what we call the bigs. The bigs are Ashton, Savannah, and Ava, and they're still awake while the younger ones are asleep. And um, sorry, Bella, if you're watching this, because she'll be upset to hear that the bigs get a chance to hang out because she considers Absolutely herself one of the bigs. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, but it it's just so important to have that time with each one of them and just kind of, and you just have to take those moments, like to have those conversations and say, Hey, how are you doing? You know, what are you struggling with? What's going on at school? Um, I, it's hard actually, because when your kids are in school all day, what you come to realize is your time with them is so limited. Like I might get an hour a day with Ashton. And that's not even just us one-on-one -on -one because usually, like I said, his two sisters will be there too uh, for that time. So it, it's just a delicate balance. You just have to try to make that time. And like I said, Chad and I try to take turns um, taking these trips so that we each are getting that time to connect with the kids and have some one-on-one -on -one time. Um, a lot of parents do this where they're very intentional about it and they'll like surprise their kids and take them on trips and each one gets an individual trip. But we haven't been able to do that so much just because of the nature of our schedule. The kids are in all these travel sports and dance and it just sometimes happens that it's whichever one of us gets to take them to that 
weekend or activity. And, um, you know, we did, we do have something where Ashton went with Chad when he was 10, he got to go to Chicago. And then when Savannah turned 10, I took her to New York. So then it became, when you turn 10, you get a trip with mommy. Um, I took Ava to Florida. I took Bella to Arizona. Uh, Bo is talking about his 10 year old trip. And we've talked about, you know, does he go with mommy or does he go with daddy and whoever he picks, I don't care, but that they each get that time to feel special and get to pick something that they really love and, and enjoy. So. I love that. I, I, I want to do that for Adia. I, yeah. I, I, swear I, I, I look at her passport and I'm like, my gosh, the stamps that are already in there, I, I can't even handle it. But you know, I mean, I, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make Ricky travel with Adia when she's 10, just the two of them. Just the two of them. I've, I've been on every trip with the, of, with this child of mine, and I, she's a great traveler. Yeah. But Ricky's never traveled with her yet, uh, solo. Yeah, so, and you know uh, he should take her. He should take her to the Tiffany Blue Box in London, which I'm sure you guys have been to. Um, there you and go. He, he can take her on a date and teach her how a, a boy should treat her, and you know all that stuff. That'll be so I cool for her. love that. Yeah, I know. And he listens to the podcast. So there you go. He is going to hear this and put that in his back pocket for the later years, if you will. That's Ashton, right. how is it for you with your relationships with your siblings and navigating that as they're all very different personalities? I, yeah. I'm, I'm lucky enough to say that I've met all of them. So for you, like, do you prioritize like special time to like hang out with one one-on-one -on -one, or is it just kind of like still you're just like, nah, I'm just like, getting on with it. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing I can say is that it's not going to be perfect because there's so many different personalities. And then there's also so many people in the house. Um, my relationship specifically, I would say that sometimes I just hang out with uh, my older sisters, Savannah and Ava. Um, and then a lot of times Bo and Beckham and I will uh play video games in my room they love to do that they love They'll that they come love up it. to my room and we'll play video games together and then i also uh find time to spend with bella because i also know that's important but something interesting is they all sometimes try to call me the golden child i don't know <laughs> why but they it's kind of a joke they try to make about me because they say i just you know, I'm the favorite child and he can do no wrong and I can do no wrong, but I don't know. I don't really feel like that's true, but I guess they just want to pick at me for something. Yeah. But, they do. but you know what? Can you imagine now in, in just what, is it two more years you have left in high school? No, this is it. He's in this his, spring. he's oh in his God. spring semester of his senior year. This yeah. is it. So this is the dynamic okay. of the house is going to change this year. And yeah. I don't think any of us are ready for it. Everyone I, is going to miss Ashton. Ashton, are you ready for this? And do you, have you actually like visualized what you think this could be, what it will be like? And are you going far away to school? Um, we yeah, don't know yet. <laughs> we don't, we're trying to yeah. figure that one out. But um, to be honest, I haven't really tried to visualize it. I haven't thought about it too much, but um, I think it will definitely be a change for everyone in the house because, um, I mean, someone's missing. So right. like every time someone goes on a trip for like sports or something, it's always felt a bit odd that someone's missing. So yeah. Yeah. You can definitely... really feel it. If someone's at practice and the rest of us are at home, 
the whole dynamic of the house changes. It's crazy. But um, Ashton has been a wonderful big brother. It, he's always embraced Bo. He's always embraced Beckham. A lot of kids his age would say, I don't have time for you. I don't like he takes them fishing. He goes outside with them and looks for frogs and crabs. And um, Ashton is really one in a million. He is not your typical teenager. And he has been wonderful to be a great example and spend time with, like he said, each of the kids. He spends time with Savannah naturally because they're both at the same school. So they have that in common. He spends time with Ava. They do the soccer training in the yard together. Like I said, he'll find time to do something with Bella, whether it's going on a bike ride or, you know, a golf cart ride or whatever. Um, and then, like I said, Bo and Beckham, it's pretty easy and natural. And Chad and I always say God knew what he was doing because with Ashton leaving, Bo, when, when Bo was first born, he kind of wanted nothing to do with Ashton. And it was sad because Ashton had prayed for a brother for 10 years. And he finally got that brother when he was 10 years old. And Bo just kind of was like more into the girls. They would mother him and baby him. But then quarantine happened and Ashton and uh, Bo found themselves in the basement a lot playing Star Wars. And they really connected with Star Wars. And then it was like Bo could not get enough of Ashton. And so um, it was wonderful that God had brought Beckham into our lives because we said when Ashton leaves this year, Bo will still have a brother at home. And, and, and Beckham just absolutely adores Bo. And they have a great, I mean, Bo could be a better big brother. He's not so nice to Beckham sometimes, but um, all in all, they, they get along. And, and like I said, Beckham just absolutely adores him, but uh, yeah, Ashton, it will be felt when Ashton leaves next year by everyone and everyone will be sad and we'll look forward to our times that we get to spend with him. And Holly, did you ever imagine in a million years going back, you know, Wheeling Park High School, you went, did you go to Tridelphia Middle School? Did you go to Tridelphia? I went to Bridge Street. Went to Bridge Street, that you would have a huge family. Did you always no. envision that that, that was like a, a purpose of yours to have a big family? I knew I wanted to be a mom. And I would say I probably, I always thought I would have four kids. I thought I'd have two boys and two girls. And the reason being was that when Chad and I started dating at 16, which is crazy to think mm -hmm. about because Ashton's now 18 and Savannah's almost 16, we always felt that if we had kids. He was very close with his brothers. So we thought if we had one boy, we wanted to try to give him a brother. And I was very close with my sister, Heather, that you know. And um, I felt if I had one girl, I wanted to try to give her a sister. So we thought, okay, well, if you know, if you have four, you've got a chance of having one of, you know, two of each. Uh, that didn't work out. And when Bella came along, they actually told us that she was a boy. And we made the mistake of telling that to Ashton. And then later on in the pregnancy, they said, actually, it's a girl. And I just remember Ashton cried and cried and cried when we told him. And then he looked at me and said, I'm going to ask Santa for a brother for Christmas. And I remember thinking, I'm having this baby in the summer. If I'm pregnant by Christmas, I'm going to shoot myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, um, you know, we allowed God to naturally space our kids. We never tried to control it. Um, I read a book when I was, before I got pregnant with Ashton, it was called A Full Quiver. And it talked about how um, if you nurse your babies that, you know, it can cause natural forms of birth control. And I thought, well, you know, I'll try this, see what happens. 
literally, we never tried to plan anything. We never said, yes, you know, we're ready for another one or whatever. It just all happened the way that it should. And I'm glad it did because um, God knew exactly what he was doing. Like Ashton came along. He loves soccer. Savannah is a dancer. Ava loves soccer. So she and Ashton have that connection. But then Ava will also play soccer with Bo. So like Ava being right in the middle, um, even though she's a girl, she has similar interests to the boys, but she also has similar interests to the girls. So it's just neat the way that it all worked out and the way that it all blends. And um, I think I'm off topic and I'm ranting and I can't even remember what the original no. question was. No, no, you're, <laughs> you're being imagining having, having a big family. So yeah, I, I don't think we ever thought we'd have six, but when we were pregnant with Bella and we found out she was a girl, I remember saying to Chad, do you think maybe God wants us to have five? And he knew we would have stopped at four if that was a boy. And he looked at me and said, no, I don't think so. And then Bo came along. It was a surprise. And it was a pleasant one because it was the brother that Ashton had always hoped for. But then after Bo, I really pushed for number six. And I kept saying to Chad, you know, I'm about to be 40. And I just, we have this photo. I'll have to send it to you. And it's on our TV. And it was our Christmas card that year. And all the kids are lined up and they're all like sleeping except for Bo, who looks very ornery and is the only one not closing his eyes. And when I would look at that picture, I would say to Chad, what do you see? And he'd say, well, I see the kids and I see Bo acting ornery. And I'd say, no, I see an empty spot beside Bo. And it's just, to me, when I look at that picture, it's glaringly obvious. No one else saw it except for me. And so I really pushed for that. And Chad just kept saying, well, you know, Holly, if we're meant to have another, it will happen. No matter what we're trying to do to prevent it, it will happen. I said, that's like saying that we will win the lottery by randomly finding the winning ticket on the ground. Like if you're, if you're trying to prevent this from happening, that's not going to happen. So he finally agreed with me and was open to the idea. And I got pregnant right away. Um, and then I ended up losing that pregnancy. And that was, uh, it was a girl and we named her Gabriella Hope. And we talk about her all the time. So when you talk about baby number seven, if you ask Bella and Bo, they remind uh, people all the time that we actually do have seven kids. And it's interesting because seven is supposed to be the spiritual number of perfection. So it's, you know, we know that that we will be with Gabriella one day, but um, yeah, so it's, but thank but you for way, that. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's, I mean, that's such a piece because there's so many people out there that have a hard time conceiving or yeah. they put so much pressure on themselves. I mean, it, I, I was very lucky as well in terms of no pressure and not thinking about it. And Ashton, close your ears because there was a lot of tequila involved. There was just <laughs> a lot of tequila. And, you know, and it and it happened. Um, but, uh, you know, um, it's it's it, it's the journey that the the big man gives us right the man upstairs gives us a journey and we're very lucky and blessed to to be on that path and now that you have seven children mm -hmm. we will just say that I've, i i i like to say that i have two i'm i'm you know i i still go through my my gutted days of of miscarrying in 2021 so um but with that said the body that you're in now holly Mm -hmm. It's a lot different, right? And oh, I know yeah. that a lot of women, even after baby number one, struggle so much with identity and feeling okay in their skin. Now, 
I know you and I have always known you to be a very confident person. And I think that that's a wonderful, positive thing. I would never look at that as a negative thing. How do you feel in your body after all of the glorious children that you have put on this great earth and above? What, how, how do you feel now in your body and how do you find your confidence to take on the day? Well, um, you know, after I had Ashton, I was in the best shape of my life. Uh, I couldn't keep weight on. And then I, I gained 60 pounds with each pregnancy, at least. Um, and then I ended up losing it all. And then uh, I was just very, very fortunate. I used to joke because I had nursed all of the children except for Bella, who was born with a cleft and physically could not nurse because it was like sucking through a straw with a hole in it. But I had nursed them all. And I used to joke that the, when kids would say or people would say, how are you so thin? I'd say, well, number one, I don't have time to eat. <laughs> number two, the kids are literally sucking the life out of me. <laughs> like, um, it just, I, I could not keep weight on. Now, after Bo, it took me a lot longer to lose the weight. Uh, I did eventually lose it all, but things were different. You know, I remember after having Ashton, uh, I when I got down to the weight that I had been in high school, I thought, oh, well, I'm the weight that I am in high school. I went to my mom's house. I got my jeans from high school. I went to put them on and I couldn't get them closed because everything's different. You know, your body does change. Uh, the shape of it changes. And so, you know, I was fine clear up until I had Beckham. And when I had Beckham, I was almost 42 and quarantine happened and there was just a lot going on. And I, I really struggled to lose the weight. It took a long time. And even now I am not back to my pre-pregnancy weight uh, that I was before. However, um, I did end up getting a hernia repair and a tummy tuck last year on my birthday, because when you have six kids, the only day of the year that is available is your birthday five days before Christmas. So um, I'm actually really glad that I had that done because uh, the hernia, I... I thought, you know, people would say, well, don't get it repaired until you need to. And I would think, well, how do you know that you need it? And it had gotten to the point that if I took even one bite of food, I would have like cramping and I could physically feel my intestines where they were popping out. And so I thought I've got to get that repaired. And if I'm going to do that, I might as well have the diastasis recti repaired as well. And I really, really struggled with that. And I thought, am I vain? Why am I doing this? But you know, when you think about it, Ashley, the pregnancy caused the hernias. It also caused the diastasis recti. So if I'm okay with repairing the hernia, why was I not okay with repairing the other damage to my body that had occurred from these pregnancies? And I'm so glad that I did because um, I didn't realize how bad the hernia had been bothering me until it was fixed. And then I no longer had the pain. So, and I'm going to stand up for you so you can see how tiny my waist is. After yeah, that. Super tiny. <laughs> so now I do need to have a breast reduction at this point. Um, at one point after I had had, I think baby number four, they told me I needed augmentation and a lift, but now for whatever reason, after I had baby number six, my chest size never went down and I'm now a G cup and it is like causing back problems. So now I have to, I have to get that done at some point, but finding the time to do that with six kids and their schedules and he's graduating and, you know, we moved. Uh, so that, that's just going to have to go on the back burner for now. How do you juggle it all? Is there, 
a night before game plan? Do you like plan a month in advance, Holly? Like how do you wrap around everyone's schedule, Chad's schedule, your schedule with Chad, your own personal schedule? Like, do you like map out way in advance? Like, how do you do this? Somewhat, yes. Like if if anything comes in via email, whether it's something from their school or something from the soccer team or the dance team, I immediately have to put it in my phone in a calendar and everybody is color coded. Uh, Ashton's blue, Savannah and Bella are purple, Ava's red, Bo is green. Like it's all color coded on my iPhone. And then we also have a master calendar in the house, which literally since we moved in in August, we haven't even had time to write it down because we used to do that at the old house so that the kids could wake up and see, okay, Bo could look and say, okay, I have soccer today, or today is my gym class day, or um, there, believe me, there have been slip ups. Uh, you know, there have been days where I've sent Bo to school and it was his gym class day and he's in his regular clothes. And I feel like a huge failure as a mother. Um, but I'll tell you what it's done. Having that many kids, it creates more responsibility for them. They have to take on more of their own. And it's funny because Chad gets up every morning and makes five lunches for the kids because they all have a severe peanut and tree nut allergy. So they can't eat the school lunch. He gets up and does that every morning. And I have said to him, do you realize when you're out of town, they all make their own lunches because I don't do that for them. <laughs> okay. So and he's like, what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you carried all of them in your vessel, if you will. I'm sorry. They can get their lunch. Yes. And I've told them that I'm like, if you don't make your lunch, you're not going to have one. So I don't want to do it for them because I would like, I do a lot for of them. Course. Of it's course. that I physically maybe can't because I've got the toddler hanging on me and I, right. you know, I can't do both things. So I need their help. And so, like I said, having this many kids has necessitated them. And if you read the article about us traveling, they really pack their own stuff and they have for years. I mean, how old would you say you guys were when you started packing your own suitcases? Um, maybe 11, 12. Yeah. So he was about 11 or 12, but the girls were younger than him. And they, I would send a text message and they would get it on their iPads or their phones. And I'd say, this is what needs to be in your backpack. This is what needs to be in your suitcase. And then I would look over it before we leave. There were times when, you know, we, I think we left for like three or four different trips and Bella didn't have shoes and we had to stop and buy them. Um, she didn't have the proper shoes for the trip or whatever, but uh, for the most yeah. part, you know, they, they have had to all take on more responsibility because there are so many kids. Absolutely. And, and for the busy mumsy listener, um, you should check out the planes, trains and automobiles blog that Holly did write for the busy chatter section. I mean, it, it already I, I posted it like just a couple of weeks ago and it already has like nearing like 3,500 hits on it on the website. Wow. So, yeah, it was like mega like people loved that blog. So thank you for sharing that. Ashton, as the oldest sibling in the house of, you know, the, the home alone fun house, if you will. <laughs> what would you like to share to that expecting family of like, you got this and, 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 you know, pass the torch to them so that they can kind of instill in their, in their kid, or they've got a huge household and they want to start 
divvying out the chores and whatnot. What kind of advice would you like to share as someone who has really held the reins in the house? Yeah, I mean, I would say the main thing is you just got to have patience and um, you got to be able to be a leader, especially if you're the oldest and you have to be a good role model and set the example because um, almost all of them are going to look to what you're doing a lot and Sometimes they'll criticize you or sometimes they'll just copy you because they think what you're doing is a good thing. And I would just say to have a lot of patience with your siblings because sometimes you don't know if they had a bad day at school or <clears throat> if like they didn't have a good practice for their sports. So they could be in a sort of bad mood and you just don't know that, but you got to have patience with them. Oh, I love that. And Holly, as someone who has been carrying the Busy Mumsy torch for quite some time, words of wisdom to pass over to that expecting Busy Mumsy who is about to embark as a first-time Mumsy. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Someone told Chad and me when they found out we were pregnant with Ashton, get your sleep now. <laughs> and uh, I would say get your sleep now and sleep when the baby sleeps. Don't worry about the kitchen. Don't worry about the laundry. That stuff will wait. Someone else can come and do that. You have, you have to rest because if you are not well rested, you're not going to be good to anybody. Um, you're exhausted. You're cranky. Uh, you don't feel well. Your body needs that to completely heal from what it just went through. And I would also say, just like Ashton said, have patience. Some of that comes with just living it. And also um, just to not take things so seriously. Uh, mm. you know, I remember feeling so much pressure with Ashton and, you know, thinking we had to do things a certain way and, oh, I'm never going to let the baby sleep in the bed with me. And I'm going to read this book. And, you know, then your baby comes along and your baby is not one that wants to sleep in its own bed. And, um, you know, you just have to, you're in survival mode. And you have to be flexible and each child is different. I mean, I have six and each one of them is different. Uh, they were different in all kinds of aspects. Some of them were similar in other aspects. But uh, the other thing that I also had mentioned in the article was have a sense of humor. Because if you can look back and laugh about it, you should laugh about it while it's happening. And there have been some crazy moments where we have just kind of looked at each other and you just got to kind of shake your head and laugh. And, and we really have laughed about those moments when we talk about them. So I, I would just say, just don't take yourself too seriously. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Know that your child is going to be different than everybody else's. And you can't just read these books about sleep and, you know, feeding and all that. Because, you know, then I had one that had a severe peanut allergy. I couldn't give him any peanut butter. Or, you know, people always say, oh, give them nuts. That's good protein. And, you know you're not always able to do what everyone else is doing. So you've got to do what works for yourself. And the other advice I would give is trust your gut because there were so many times when I was pregnant or as a mother that I felt a very strong gut feeling. And I'm so glad that I followed that because that is an instinct that God gives you. And um, you know your child better than anyone. If your child is having a health problem and the doctors are all poo-pooing it and dismissing you, keep going. And, and you are your child's voice until they get old enough. You need to be bold as a mother and you need to trust yourself. 
And if someone isn't listening to you, then go find someone else and get a second opinion. Oh, words of wisdom, Holly Adams. Thank you so much. And Ashton, thank you so much for spending time with, you know, us, us gals here on the Busy Mumsy podcast. <laughs> I love it. You know, I, when, when I reached out to you, I was like, my gosh, I would love to have Ashton on just because I've never had, a, a, you know, the sibling come on yet to, to talk about their experience. And it's so important, right? Because parenting is not just the parent it's the siblings and the grandparents and the cousins and the neighbor and the best friend it's like anyone that loves and nurtures a child right that gives yeah. them the best building blocks the best opportunity to take life by its horns right yes and, and that's the scripture that says train up a child in the way they should go and when they are older they will not veer from it and that's the other advice i would give is just you know, if you instill those basic foundations, the important things in the kids, you know, honesty, loyalty, integrity, character, they're going to be okay. They, they will find their way. They will make mistakes too. So don't think it's going to be one more time though. I want to hear that scripture one more time. Train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not veer from it. Absolute perfection. Holly and Ashton, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. This is so fun. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. Did you like it, Adia? Yes! Oh, the enthusiasm. I love it. Please share your love by giving us a five-star rating, a rockin' review, and please share with any fellow Busy Mumsies. We love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, head to the Busy Mumsy show notes for further details and links to the Busy Mumsy website. So long for now. Can you say bye-bye, Adia? Bye-bye, Adia. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.